0: The following program is underwritten in part by Schmidt's Naturals. Smell seriously amazing and support animal conservation with Schmidt's Special Edition Lily of the Valley Natural Deodorant. Created in collaboration with the Jane Goodall Institute, 5% of each purchase goes to animals in the wild. Learn more and pick up your stick now at
1: Schmidt's.com. The following program is also underwritten in part by... My dog Annie recently broke her leg. Thankfully, she's protected by Embrace Pet Insurance. Embrace offers one simple plan for unexpected accidents and illnesses. To learn more, visit EmbracePetInsurance.com. Policies underwritten by a licensed insurer of American Modern Insurance Group. Coverage subject to policy terms and conditions
2: celebrating the connection with our pets this is animal radio featuring veterinarian dr debbie white groomer joey villani news director Lori brooks and now from the red barn studios here are your hosts hal abrams and judy francis
3: gotta make sure all the dogs are comfy in their little beds when they come into the studio here they they have a routine don't they judy they know exactly what's going on and where to go
4: they do, and, you know, and they do not get into each other's beds. They, well, have of course not. They're assigned beds. Yeah.
3: That's
5: I mean, funny
4: because whenever we say, you know, goodbye, catch you next week, they pick up on that. Uh, and so they
3: know when we're finished with the show. Yeah,
4: and they get up and they're ready to leave the studio and okay. go outside.
3: Okay, well, they have two hours to nap now. Uh, while we answer your questions at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. 405 8405 and I shouldn't say we answer your questions because, as you know, I'm a wealth of misinformation. So you're not asking me any questions. You're not asking Judy any questions. You'll be asking Dr. Warming. Debbie, who has a lifetime of experience with animals, all kinds of weird animals, too. So she knows she'll be able to help you. I'm pretty sure about that. In fact, I've never, ever seen her stumped in the last 19 years. Has she ever wow, said? I you're I setting
6: me up to really get stumped? You know that you're going to jinx me.
3: <laughs> I'm just mentioning it. It's a true fact. Lori Brooks in the newsroom, also a very smart gal. What do you got coming up this hour?
7: I don't know about that, but I do know I have this cool story about another unique way, I'd say incredibly unique way, to remember a pet. And um, some former NASA employee is uh, the one who's giving us the idea. He's probably going to be the first one who's ever done this but we'll learn from it.
3: I'm always looking for great ideas to memorialize my animals.
4: Uh, you know the first thing yeah. that comes to my mind again is always the, the
3: drone. The, the drone? Yes. Making your cat into a drone. Yes. I always think about it, the wine glass that we
7: That's it, pretty too. cool. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. wine glass. Wine glass says
3: <laughs> You'll have another way that we can do that coming up in just a few <laughs> minutes. If you'd like to talk to Dr. Demi right now, pick up the phones and call 1866 four oh five eight four oh five and we go to is it cinnamon hi cinnamon hi i love your name thank you what's going on
8: well we have a boxer who is uh he is about three years and about five months now and we got him when he was about three months old and he was great and no problems. You took him to dog park many times. All he wanted to do was run. Um, and just recently, the last about four times going to dog park, he seems aggressive. And it's not towards specific dogs. It can be any dog. He just kind of seeks them out and wants to attack.
4: Wow. Um, that... So
8: I don't, I, I don't know what. And he hasn't been, like, traumatized by any dog. So I don't know what. Is all of a sudden changed.
6: Okay. And so is he, you said he's about three plus years. Is he yes. intact or is he neutered? Yes, he is neutered. He is neutered. Okay. And then, so you said there hasn't been any kind of altercation. So what kind of dogs is he playing with at the dog park? So,
8: yeah, well, when we go to the dog park, you know, it's a, he goes in the big dog park. So they're all big dogs. Um, but he's, gone after a st bernard a german shepherd a husky and then just this weekend was a very well-behaved rottweiler um that wasn't causing any problems with any dogs and then he just kind of we walked in the gate and he he gave that look and he just kept seeking him out and finally you know pounced on him
6: okay Um, so so he's actually having physical contact with the dogs he's actually like trying to bite them yeah
8: yeah yeah that's what he was doing yeah
6: Wow. Okay. And then um, what outside of the dog park, what is your dog's personality like at home or if you're out leash walking?
8: Um, he's great. So, well, at home, he's great with everybody. Um, you know, we have two kids, at, well, two older kids at home, but he's great with the family, um, you know, playful, and but n- never harmed to anybody. Um, when we do go for walks, he's very skittish. He gets scared over everything, cars, sounds. Okay. Um, loud sounds, he gets really freaked out. So that's why dog parks been beneficial for his exercise in the past, because you know, going for walks in and just out in the public is pretty hard.
6: Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Well, you know, this. I'm so sorry because that's you know, for dogs that need some exercise and that are well socialized, a dog park can be a great thing. But yeah. um, for any dog with a behavioral problem um, it's the wrong place to be and I'd have to say right now I would you know unfortunately I think ceasing dog park activity is really important Um, and the fact that you say that he has some anxiety outside of the home in other situations kind of gives us something to work on because that may give us some clues as to his behavior in the dog park Um, so anxiety, to noises, to new things, to movement, to, you know, novel things um, outside of the home environment, rather than being maybe protective in the home environment, a dog outside their comfort zone may actually have generalized anxiety. And uh, how one dog responds to that versus another is very individualized. So some dogs would be very fearful and trembling and cowering, and others will actually um, react with an aggressive uh, type behavior. And, and that would be part of my concern. You know, certainly. We'd have to see you know, the individual interactions, you know, with the other dogs and see kind of their body language and their behaviors. Um, The only reason I'm not a super fan of dog parks is there are a lot of dogs that run around there that really have not learned proper social cues. So meaning that, you know, new dog comes in, they kind of go, Hey, who's that? Hey, we don't know George. You know, George is here. Hey, hi, I'm Tom. I'm I'm Bob. Um, Some dogs don't know how to do that kind of interaction. It's kind of like, you know, taking a friend out that really doesn't know how to social <laughs> at the bar. <laughs> um, so that can be off putting. And other dogs would say, Boy, George is a little weird. And instead of just saying that, a dog might react in an aggressive manner. Um, and yeah. that might be, you know, hackles up, that might be a lunge, that might be a growl. Every dog's a little different. So um, that's why dog parks, I think are would be the absolute worst place for him as you're trying to battle this. Um, but the things I would work on are things that, um, kind of take command of his anxiety. So things that bring him confidence. And for a lot of dogs, that's doing things that they're good at. Um, so, um, I always say like agility and exercise sports can be really empowering for dogs that, um, need to build confidence, but, obedience is really a great confidence builder. So this is something that you can do at home in a controlled environment and really practice and work those kind of things and teaching quiet, calm behavior. So a lot of people will teach a settle command or a place command. And that is something that you practice and reward and reward and reward. And then eventually, once we get that down to a mastering, then we can go out into slightly stimulating situations and try to test that. Um, And that might be only outside on the leash with a dog, you know, two blocks down the way that he can see. Nothing that's going to be too close and up front. Um, but that, w- that would yeah. be kind of my prescription for working on that. Now, that may mean getting a, tr- a personal trainer to actually help you, especially with, you know, aggression issues. It can be tricky. Um yeah. The other thing is that there are some dogs that have anxiety components that I find that um, anti-anxiety medications can be part of how we approach this. Um, But I always like to get a behaviorist to do an evaluation before we start any medicine because um, it does kind of alter uh, their personality and responsiveness. So we want to make sure that behaviorist gets a good evaluation beforehand. But that might be something we need to look at, like doggy Prozac or clomipramine or something to help them just kind of be a little more chill with those things that are unusual, noisy, or kind of upsetting to him.
5: Okay. Well,
8: that sounds great.
6: I will definitely
8: work on um, the training at home. And if that, you know, isn't successful, then maybe like you said, get a personal trainer and, and see what we can do.
6: Yeah. And then finding some other opportunities to burn off his energy. You know, if he loves running yeah. at the dog park, um, doggy treadmills are something you can train him to in the home. Um, I have a, one of my doctor friends here. She has a treadmill for her large boxer mix at home and it just just kind of takes a little edge off so that um he's yeah. not eating things around the house <laughs> so
8: yeah i didn't yeah. even know that was a thing i'll look into that
6: <laughs> yes yes well good luck with things and give us a follow-up if uh, you have any questions thanks
3: for okay, your call Senator. You. bye now One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five is the number to dr debbie or joey Valani, and you can ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iphone android and blackberry Well, this delectable, delicious serving of animal radio is brought to you by the grain free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can learn more at redbarninc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting animal
2: radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Phones are open at 1 866 405 8405.
4: Hi, this is Iron Chef Kat Cora on Animal Radio. Please adopt a pet.
9: Hi, it's Alan Cable with another dog tip. Are you thinking of getting a dog? Well, here's some things to think about before you do it. Firstly, are you out of the house a lot? Do you work all the time? Give the idea of getting a dog some thought if you're in that situation. I mean, put yourself in the dog's shoes. Imagine being locked up all alone all day with, well, nobody to play with. There are some dogs that like to lay around a lot and they're less active, but most dogs need exercise. They need playtime and interaction. Sometimes folks don't think about it, but dogs are living things and you can't turn them on and off when you you want to, like your TV. When you get one, you're making a major commitment to spend oh, I don't know, the next 13 to 16 years of your life committed to a living thing, making sure it has a good life. I bring this up because a lot of folks go out and get dogs without actually knowing what they're in for, and again, education's your most powerful tool. You should read up. Ask yourself why you want a dog, and make a list of all the reasons. Then look your list over closely, and if you still think you want a dog because you'd be a great dog parent, and enjoy satisfying your dog's needs, decide whether or not you want to puppy or an adult dog puppies have lots of needs they need exercise they need to be around lots of people and lots of other dogs they're learning about the world and it's up to you to show it to them plus you got to potty train them teach them what not to chew on in fact you got to teach them all the rules and ropes adult dogs usually are a lot less work and a lot more mellow too in fact it's possible to get a rescue dog or an adult dog that requires very little maybe just a good long walk every day and some affection the one thing you don't want to do is bring a dog home and be in for lots of surprises not know what to expect. You know, stuff like finding your favorite shoes chewed up or the drapes pulled down, carpet pulled up, door chewed up. <laughs> I've seen it all. You would not believe the destruction that a dog can do to your house. So before you get a dog, think long and hard, make a list and do a lot of research and reading so that you both can be happy. I'll tell you this much. There's nothing more rewarding than having a dog. They're incredibly loyal. They're always happy to see you. They never lie to you and they give you unconditional
10: love.
2: Hey everybody, this is Kenny Lee Lewis from the Steve Miller Band. just want to tell everybody out there on Animal Radio, thanks for loving your pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. Phones are open at one 405 8405 Live at the Red Barn Studios, here's Hal and Judy.
3: Joey dancing in his new shoes. Here at Animal Radio.
11: It that was a song. That was a song. That shoes. was New Shoes. Well, that, that was, was the group.
3: group.
7: Yeah. Yeah.
11: Oh, okay. Back in the day. I knew it was something. Was the evil, I was a metal guy.
3: You were a metal guy in the mid-80s. Yeah.
7: New shoes. He played that for you, Joey.
3: Yes. Because you do have oh, okay. new shoes for your closet. You'll actually have to build a third closet for your <laughs> shoes now. You'll
11: have to turn over his bedroom.
3: <laughs> you would make Imelda Marcos it took, it's jealous. It's the Italian in me. Yeah. It's
11: the Italian in me, you know. I got a question.
3: We got an answer. Well, not necessarily. I'll make it up I if I don't.
11: I want to send you new picture because my picture on animal radio is a little like 110 pounds heavier. Than you know, it was. I, I was going to mention that. <laughs> you know, when I sent that picture, I thought I looked good. Now I look back and go, oh, my God, I was fat.
4: You know, he's got one of mine from 2005 when I weighed 200 pounds and he still hasn't taken it down. I've asked him.
3: Aguito. I'll tell you that he's that way. You know, if you ask him nicely, he'll change the pictures. Okay,
4: because I want mine changed, too. So, Joey, let's, we'll do it together. There's two of us there now. Now they're going to have to change it. And, you perfect, know, Joey's
7: perfect, shoes perfect. look really dated in that photo.
3: Yeah, I think they're so yesterday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were. Um, what,
11: what, would, what, how, what were the shoes that we wore back in our day? Flip flops. Um, Earth shoes. What were they? Did you ever Earth? do that? No, that was before my time.
4: Earth shoes? Right. Yeah, uh-huh. I think so. Moccasins.
11: So what do you have we coming have up on today's shoes. show? Well, I'm not all that technology, um, like savvy. Um, You're a but luddite. I'm going to talk about how new software can interface um, all your grooming and pet services together to give your pet a really safe and happy experience. How's that? Okay, and we're talking software coming up in just a few minutes with Joey Volani,
3: the dog father. Lori, what are you working on?
7: Well, uh, rabies is doggone expensive, or in this case, a uh, catastrophe. You will not believe how expensive rabies can be. Who would want to buy rabies? That no, seems can't.
3: silly. Okay, that's on the way in just a few minutes. Let's hit the phones. 1-866-405-8405. Hey, John.
6: Hey, how you doing? I'm doing really good. What's going with you today? Uh, not much. I got two pugs.
5: Um, they're about thirty pounds. They're great, but when we get their toenails clipped, they go crazy. Is
6: that normal? <laughs> oh, is it normal for pugs? Yes. I mean, they're a force to be reckoned with in the uh, veterinary world. And I'll take a 120-pound Rottweiler over a pug for a nail trim any day. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they tend to be really funny about their feet. Now, h- how old are your doggies? They're six. They're six years old. Have they always been this way, or is this something they've just kind of developed recently?
5: They've always been this way, but it seems like it's getting
12: worse, older they get
5: they're getting more
6: stubborn that could be (laughs) but yeah (laughs) pugs for some reason they are the the most stinkery dogs when it comes to nail trims and and in their fairness now nails on pugs do kind of curl in a little bit so even the process of trimming their nails could be a little bit more upsetting than you know a regular pet's nail trim um but around our office they sound like aliens, when they're uh, talking it up uh, for the nail trim, uh, I would do my impersonation, but it would sound really freaky. Oh, let's hear it. Oh, let's yeah. hear it. Don't, Come don't, on. don't throw <laughs> that
7: out there. Come without on.
6: even there, Okay, I'll do my best. Okay. Now, the pug with a nail trim.
3: <laughs> wow. Wow. That's...
5: That's spot on. Spot on. <laughs> the
3: black well, one, we have a black one and
5: a fond one, to, but the fond one, he's the more loud one.
6: Yeah. And, you know, it, it's sometimes challenging when you've got an adult dog that already kind of acts this way for nail trims. But the same kind of training principles still apply um, that we want to make sure that we make all uh, nail trimming as favorable as possible. So we don't want to hurt them. We don't want them quick. Um, so in many cases, I'll ask a veterinary professional to get involved or a groomer um, so that we don't cut them too short and have an ouchy experience. And we need to really make it a super, super fun experience. Um, so I, I pretty much would try constant feeding of treats. And, and in my office, we'll use things like little uh, little dog treats. Uh, we'll even pull out some of the nutri some of the calorie paste. Um, to distract them Um, so we want to make it a good experience and then even at home we would ask to really work on the foot handling so we don't want a dog that's foot shy and it's not just pugs but any dog to make nail trimming a favorable thing down the road we want to teach them you handle the toes so at home you would just kind of squeeze a little bit on the nails hold their foot in a still position and then reward them And, and we work on that regularly at home and that makes that nail trimming much much easier if we practice that kind of you know kind of like they do with the whales you know at the sea world they ask them to kind of come up on the on the training platform and they give them treats for showing their their fins and where they draw blood and it's the same thing we got to really train our dogs to really accept this and to not mind it and, uh, you know, and some dogs will occasionally pull out sedatives and tranquilizers if they're just really going to hurt themselves or hurt someone else over the whole event. But um, for pugs, they are just, oh, they are a special kind of dog with nail trim. So mm. a lot of patience and a lot of positive reinforcement goes a long way. Okay, well, thank you.
3: Appreciate okay. your call today.
6: Okay, y'all have a good day.
3: Well, this stimulating portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Kensington Books cozy up with your furry friend and a great read something worth saving by sandy ward is a wonderfully touching and surprisingly funny story of a fiercely loyal cat named lily and the unbreakable bond she shares with her human clever and observant lily knows that you don't have to be the biggest or the strongest to fight for the ones you love you can find something worth saving everywhere books are sold and learn more at sandywardbooks.com thank you kensington for underwriting animal radio
2: you're listening to Animal Radio. Phones are open at one 405
5: 8405 Hi,
8: everybody. This is Lori Morgan reminding you to please stay or neuter your pets.
1: Something Worth Saving by Sandy Ward is a touching and funny exploration of family life,
7: as told by a highly perceptive and outspoken narrator named Lily, who happens to be a cat. Lily is a fiercely loyal friend to her human. So when things start happening in her family, she's ready to step up and prove that she may be tiny, but she's also mighty. Something Worth Saving will make you a believer in the deep connection between humans and their furry friends. Pick up a copy of Something Worth Saving today everywhere books are sold. And visit SandyWardBooks.com for For more info,
1: this is an Animal Radio News Update.
7: I'm Lori Brooks. Compassion for a hungry stray kitten led to a nip on the finger. Especially kittens are so bad about that. But it also took a huge chunk out of Jeanette Parker's wallet and bank account. After she cleaned off her wound, she did some research and began worrying about rabies. Since where she lived in Florida, that county had rabies warnings up at the time. So... She headed off to her local emergency room where she spent about two hours, which is actually, think about it, pretty good for an emergency room, right? Uh She's there for about two hours. She gets two different types of injections and an antibiotic, but she never, ever even got to talk to a doctor. She wasn't there very long, so she goes home. She's happy. Then she gets the bill, Jeanette's total bill for that little stray kitten catnip. Not catnip, I guess. Cat bite. Uh, forty-eight thousand dollars. Can you believe that? That is actually forty-eight thousand five hundred twelve. urgent
3: care. She oh, went to a hospital. Oh wow!
7: Because I mean, she had to be treated for rabies. Okay. Forty-eight thousand five hundred twelve dollars when the bill comes. Forty-six thousand of that, a little bit more was for the rabies immune globulin, which is an antibody that kind of oh. kick the immune system because it provides protection from rabies until the vaccine that they also give you kicks in. Now, normally rabies treatment, which includes the immune globulin and four doses of the vaccine, which are given uh, over a two-week period, the normal cost is about $3,000 on average. What? But you know how it goes. Each hospital gets to set its own prices, right? so yeah that's That's crazy crazy. they've done a a lot of things since then when the bill came slightly a couple weeks after that the hospital changed the prices that it charges and it went down significantly tens of thousands of dollars but they still don't give her a break so if you ever need rabies treatment And, you know, you don't have time usually to shop around for the best price for something like that. Check with your local health department first to see if it offers rabies treatment. And still, you know, with a a serious disease like rabies that has to be treated, if those services are not immediately available locally at your health department, don't wait. Head out to a hospital. Uh, Make sure it is in your insurer's network if you can, if you have any choice in that. And and by the way, it, it is really important because just last week, as a matter of fact, a rabid cat in Florida again attacked three other people, including a police officer.
4: Yeah. You know what I
11: do?
7: We'll <laughs> I'm
4: afraid to ask. Yeah. Just tough yeah. really. it
11: out, okay? Let it run its course. Yeah. Attack a few people. Let it run its course.
7: Joey, you're foaming over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the vaccines... I don't remember if it's the vaccine or the globulin. I wish Dr. Debbie were. Not in the restroom right now. Um, I'm well, sorry. She, by the way, she's been in there for a long time. Hey, come 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 on, on. Here. some privacy. She's going to kill you for yes, saying Yes, she is. That. But one of them is oh, actually God. made... From people who have had the rabies vaccine. Interesting, I thought. Yeah. So it's that time of year when kids are choosing the college that they want to go to. And, you know, these days, many kids are able to choose a school that will let them bring a pet. In fact, in Pennsylvania over the last couple of months, several universities have recently unveiled pet-friendly policies, even setting aside a portion of campus housing so that students can bring their pet with them. There are some typical restrictions, though, if you're thinking, great, my kid gets to take Fluffy to school. Well, most schools allow dogs under 40 pounds. Over that, they're not too thrilled. They allow cats. That are at least six months old. Oh, by the way, let me uh, rephrase that. Dogs under 40 pounds when they're full grown. So don't think that you're going to get a Great Dane or a bullmastic puppy (laughs) and it's going to work because it won't. Uh, Pets at most schools, though, can also not just dogs and cats, but can include a rabbit, hamsters, chinchillas, gerbils, guinea pigs, or even rats. But not normally for most schools, not reptiles or anything with feathers. And I assume that has to do with respiratory diseases that can be carried with birds. Um, Also, a few dog breeds are excluded from a lot of campuses. And normally that's Rottweilers, pit bulls, German Shepherds, and even sometimes Dalmatians. There's a, a former NASA employee up in Portland, Oregon, who is now raising money to send the cremains of his pet cat into space. What an incredible idea maybe maybe you don't have to have worked at nasa to to do this, but Steve Munt did retire from his job at NASA and then he began studying animal nutrition. He, you know, is an animal lover, retired. He gets to own seven cats. Well, his orange tabby named Pikachu died from pancreatitis a few months ago. I think it was January. Well, so far, he's raised $1,400 of the $5,000 cost to put Pikachu into space. There is a company called Celestis, which is going to do the blast-off into orbit. It says that Pikachu is going to be the first cat that it's memorialized this way. But every day we're coming up with new ways to remember our pets. So mark that one down. The, the first one? Uh, th- this is the yeah, first cat to be, be blown the...
3: off into space for five grand? That this company yeah, wow. will have done. Oh, okay.
7: But, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we should call elon musk or you know spacex and see if they've done
3: i think that's a cool way to uh, memorialize your animal
7: i do too i'm laurie brooks get more breaking animal news anytime we've always got it at animalradio.com this has been an animal radio news update
1: get more at animalradio.com
2: live at the red barn studios you're listening to animal radio here's hal and judy
3: Well, Judy, if you think your shoe collection is huge, you should check out Dogfather Joey Balani. I believe you have your own walk-in closet for just the shoes.
11: <laughs> I actually have two walk-in closets. The yeah? One is just Are for
4: you shoes. serious? Yeah. One for clothes and one for yeah. shoes. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I, I envy wow.
11: And I do have a lot of shoes. Let's put it that way.
4: More shoes than me.
11: Wow.
3: Have you ever seen him wear the same do shoes you- more than once? Think no. about that for a second. Never.
11: You know, this is a strange conversation. It (laughs) is. Hey, so again, this past weekend, um, if this is my active um, season, I'm I'm at least twice a month um, every weekend, I'm on the road doing some sort of pet event, speaking, judging, something. Um, But there was something I found really, really interesting. And um, it's not just one company, but um, it's a bunch of companies. And what they're doing is they're linking all the pet services together. And what I mean is this, so... If you go to a groomer, um, they're linking the groomer, the veterinarian, the um, dog walker, the daycare, and if you're within their system, so let's just say that, um, Judy, okay, I know you do a lot of dog walking, mm-hmm. so let's say that your company is linked with the people who where they have their dog groomed. So Fluffy's groomed up the street at um, Snip and Clip, um, you walk the dog, they go to Dr. Um, Debbie, um, you guys are now all linked together, so you wow. guys can talk and communicate. And the good thing about this for the pet owner is, you know, got a bit of something happens, and I'm just going to strictly talk about pet grooming because that's my, you know, forte. Um, Something happens in a grooming salon. Well, you know, you have now a community of people who can help if you can't get a hold of the pet owner. So let's just say there's an incident. Okay, we know who Fluffy's veterinarian is. We can get to them immediately because... They are part of this um, tracking system. Um, if there's an emergency, we can get your contact um, emergency people immediately, and it's all interfaced. Wow. It's really good stuff. Um, the company that that I that I and I have no link to them, but I do want to mention it because it was quite amazing. was called Babble Bark. and as a pet owner, you can um, you know get on this system and 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 try to integrate um, you know your groomer. Your trainer, your dog walker, your veterinarian, whatever, whatever services that you have.
4: You know, that's a good network to have. And it's also more eyes on the dog in case the dog walker notices something, the groomer notices something, someone else notices something about the dog. You've got everybody working together. I think that's great network.
3: <laughs> well, except you're going to have the privacy people, you know, the people that really, re- really respect their privacy don't want that kind of tracking. I mean, really, that kind of data what kind of animals you have the the size, what they eat, who takes care of them is data that could be sold to uh and that is being sold right oh, now. and and
11: I'm sure listen i I am sure that that is probably the you know the big picture and all this um which but that's not the picture that that I'm looking at um but but I agree with you how one hundred and ten percent um but what I'm looking at is this and I'm looking at this strictly as a groomer, so that's why I'm actually putting it in as my tip. Um, and most, um, well, I'm going to think, I think it's everywhere, but I'm not, I'm not sure, but most places that I've done seminars and I've done seminars in almost every state in the U S they require rabies, um, vaccinations in order to, um, you know, get licensed or to, you know, to own your pet. So in, in, in a grooming salon, there's a lot of times where it falls through the cracks, in this situation, just something so simple, um, we can t- stay on top of if the pet is up to date on their vaccinations um, and what, you know, maybe the dog was just treated for kennel cough or something like that. Now, what I can do is I can interface with the veterinarian and say, hey, listen, I have Fluffy here, Fluffy Jones, and dog seems to be coughing a little bit. Has it seen you recently? And they say, yeah, red flag, you know, this dog is still contagious, um, you need to get it out of, out of your salon, call the pet owner right away. So this is all really, really good stuff, um, That the, the way I'm looking at it, because um, it keeps the other people's pets safe. And keeps not only that, it keeps your pets safe as well. If, if things that you forget about, like vaccinations or whatever you want it to be, you cannot tell your groomer or anyone that's on the system, you know what keep me abreast of what I need to do you know when I need to go for my next checkup my next appointment good technology if it's used properly
4: If you've ever shared your home and heart with a charmingly naughty animal who's always up to mischief, you'll fall in love with MacGyver, the matchmaking klepto kitty in The Secret Life of Mac by Melinda Metz. Hilarious and heartwarming, this pawsome romantic comedy will have you laughing out loud as Mac the thieving tabby steals your heart. The Secret Life of Mac by Melinda Metz is on sale now everywhere books are sold. Visit kensingtonbooks.com for more info.
2: You're listening to Animal Radio. Phones are open at 1-866-405-8405.
3: Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten in part by Schmidt's Naturals. Smell seriously amazing and support animal conservation with Schmidt's special edition Lily of the Valley Natural Deodorant. It was created in collaboration with the Jane Goodall Institute, and 5% of each purchase supports animals in the wild. It's available now at Whole Foods Markets and Schmitz.com. And thanks, Schmitz, for underwriting animal radio. Hi, who is this?
12: This is Casey.
3: Hey, Casey, how you doing?
12: I've got a 7-year-old blue heeler German Shepherd mix, And about a week ago, she's come up to developed a bald spot on her uh, okay. right rear hip. And it, it just, she scratched at it for a day or so, and it, it's not a bald spot. She's not been scratching at it any longer, but it's still just all as it can be. And that's, uh you know, we're about a week, maybe a week and a half down the road now. It doesn't seem to be improving or getting worse.
6: Okay. And um, so she was pretty bothered by it originally, though?
12: Uh, yeah. In fact, when I first noticed it, you know, a lot of dogs, you can scratch upon on the belly and such, and they'll kick their legs. Uh-huh. She's never been one to do that. And she did there for just a couple of days, right when I noticed that bald spot in her skin is kind of crawl when you kind of, you know, pet her across her back. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. all that stopped within just a couple of days, but the bald spot's still there.
6: All right. Well, where Where did you say you were calling from, Casey? Dallas, Texas. Dallas. All right. And um, has Casey ever had any kind of skin problems in the past that you can ever recall?
12: No, she never has.
6: Never has. All right. Well, that scratch reflex that you're describing and we look for that a lot of times with dogs as a sign of having intense itching, and, and that can definitely be from a lot of different things, whether we're talking about an allergy or an infection. And, and I guess I'd have one more question for you kind of before we go any further. Is, has Casey had any kind of vaccinations recently, any kind of shots of any sort?
12: Uh, no, she hasn't. had a rabies shot about three months ago.
6: Okay, three months ago. The reason I ask that is just there is an occasional um, situation where a pet can have a little bald spot that develops at the site of the rabies shot um, or some other vaccines. It can happen with other injections as well, but sometimes we'll see that on the right leg because a lot of veterinarians give the rabies shot in that area. So that's a possibility, but gosh, I just don't think that would really make uh, Casey very itchy or scratchy. Um, and you're, you're calling from Texas, but do you travel to other states as well?
12: Yeah, we we drive a truck. She gets to go all over the country, so naturally she's exposed to a lot of different things.
6: Uh-huh, yeah. And, and that's the other thing is that, you know, you're going through so many different states, and in Texas there's a lot of uh, problems with fleas um, and a lot of potentials for parasites, so things such even as ticks, and um, those can definitely cause some problems where we can see itching and scratching, um the other potentials we could have even like a hot spot and are, have you ever heard of that before
12: Uh yeah I've heard of it never yeah. They never dealt with it but
6: Hotspots are kind of interesting things, and it's kind of a layman's term. And, you know, it's mostly we, we describe it as saying that's like it's a hot area, you know, it's hot with inflammation or infection. And, um, and sometimes that truly is the case. Um, with a hot spot, we can actually see that from an infection or an allergy that starts it off, and it's an area where um, the pet is very scratchy, very itchy. Um, we'll even see some moist um, crusting in the area. So, you know, if you kind of look at it, it's like a big scabby area, and the hair might even come out of that uh, area very easily with just mild plucking so that might be something and if that's the case we really need to get casey on some antibiotics um see about getting that area cleaned up um you know maybe some medicated shampoos um so i don't know if you have that ability is is casey pretty much up for any kind of uh bathing uh, any kind of topical things have you ever had to try that before
12: No, she's never really had any sort of issues whatsoever but uh she, you know, still takes the pass for me just fine and all that. I don't know. I guess my question was, if this something you'd recommend, I'd go ahead and take her into a veterinarian forum.
6: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think this is, you know, especially since you described that it was bothering her so bad, um, anything that starts off that way, you know, when our pets start telling us and, and having such a drastic change in their behavior and, you know focusing on that area, then I'd say, yeah, definitely, there's something that we need to address. And hopefully, it's just something where we can try with antibiotics or anti-itching, allergy medicines. There's so many things that we have out there um, that we can help. Um, so I would say that definitely that would be the first step. And uh, from there, I would uh, you know, definitely look to see if there's anything parasite-wise. And I'm assuming with Casey, you're traveling. Is she on heartworm prevention and flea and tick prevention?
12: Uh, she not really on anything she developed this we were had just left the house uh, out in New Mexico and I don't know, I thought uh, it might have been a somewhere she got too much protein or something uh, a lot of times where at home she gets to eat what I eat rather than dog food she'll eat a lot of steak
6: oh no I don't like want to hear that. about that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that that's like ringing in veterinary ears right now <laughs> But actually, you did say one. You said one thing when when you said she's not really on any heartworm prevention. I've got to stop you there, and I'm going to be a crusader for Casey's health right now. And I think you really need to see about getting her on some prevention. So go get that skin thing looked at. But heartworm disease is carried by mosquitoes. This is peak season pretty much every state has it and all it takes is one bite of a mosquito to pass that so i would definitely encourage you i know you call about the skin thing but i'm going to put my commercial in for her and to make sure we keep her healthy and protected Mm. so uh,
12: that's what we're gonna do i thank you so
3: much this portion of animal radio is underwritten by kensington books inspired by true stories of cats who've been caught stealing yes stealing from their humans The Secret Life of Mac by Melinda Metz is a hilarious and heartwarming novel about an adorable klepto kitty with a passion for thievery and a sideline in helping the humans in his life find the love they deserve. The Secret Life of Mac by Melinda Metz is available everywhere books are sold. You can learn more at kensingtonbooks.com. And thanks, Kensington, for underwriting Animal Radio.
2: You're listening to Animal Radio. Phones are open at 1-866-405-8405. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
3: Oh, thank you so much, big guy. I appreciate it. Here's the number, one 405 8405 On the other end of that phone right now is... Judy Francis, or we call her St. Francis around here, and she is screening your calls to talk to Dr. Debbie or Joey Volani. Why, why do you have to screen? We don't really have to screen calls. Can't we just put them live on the air? Do we have to? We have to screen them. Okay. We she have said, to screen
4: them. Trust me. You, yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay, I would get
4: fired if I let some
6: yeah. calls go through. You'd be surprised. And you know, in the days long ago when I was first in practice, I used to take uh, cell phone calls in the middle of the night for emergency. Really? And you would not believe the the many people that would call and wake up a veterinary professional at like midnight or 1 a.m. to say, hey, what time can I come pick up my medication um, for <laughs> Joey's <laughs> refill?
3: Oh, oh, no. Or
6: you know, my dog's not really eating. Can I give him chicken and rice? Yeah. And yeah, so, so there's all sorts of kind of things that may not rise to the level of something that's really worthy of, a, say, an emergency or a full conversation maybe. On okay, here.
3: so you know. understand <laughs> why we have to screen your calls here. It's one 405 8405 if you want to talk to Dr. Debbie right now. Uh, Lori Brooks, she does news at the bottom of the
7: hour. Well, there's another famous face joining the foray into CBD oils, and uh, this one wants to make some for pets.
3: (laughs) Your eyes are rolling once again, Dr. Debbie.
7: Again, I
3: know. Hey, Chris, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing good, guys. How are you?
3: Good. Where are you calling from today?
0: Uh, Alpine, California.
3: Alpine. Okay, I love that area. Down by uh, San Diego, huh? Correct. Okay, so what's going on? How can we help you?
0: Well, I have a a two-and-a-half-year-old English lab, Black. Um, His name is Wally, and for the past couple of weeks, Wally has decided that um, he wants to poop in the house. Uh, The only thing that I can think of, you know, as far as, like, changes around the house that we've made, um, we did have to move his crate from one side of the living room to another, uh, and he's pretty much free to come and go out of the crate as he wants to. Uh, But, um, you know, and and we have a visitor uh, in town. My mother-in-law is here visiting. Uh, And so, you know, other than that, not really anything has changed. But he will just, um, you know, he doesn't give us any sign that he wants to get outside and go use the bathroom. And Mm -hmm. when we're not looking, he'll find a spot normally right in the middle of the floor and uh, take care of his business and then go on the crate and look at us like, you know, what did I do?
6: (laughs) (laughs) So interesting. So does he have, um, how does he go to the bathroom? Does he go doggy door? Do you have to let him out when he goes? No, we, we take him
0: out. Um, We live in a condo. So, uh, you know, we go and walk him pretty good and we've got several green common areas. And then, you know, we walk uh, up and down the street and, you know, get him to stretch his legs out and Sometimes we'll take him out to the grass, pull his leash off, and just let him, like, run around in circles a few times, you know, and burn off some energy.
6: Mm-hmm. And so does this, um, the accidents, does that coincide with when your mother-in-law has been visiting them?
0: Um Pretty close to it, yeah. Okay. I would. No, no. She's she's a great woman, you know. I don't want to get myself in trouble here. She really no, is. absolutely not. She's, I'm, I'm going to save know. you here because yes.
6: I'm not even going to okay. let you even go there. But okay. I guess what I was going to get at is that anytime there is a, a major change in household schedules anything that could be perceived as a stressor to a dog. And a stress is something that alters the way that they perceive or that they feel that they can move about within their environment. So that certainly could have some role. That combined with, you know, changing the location of, you know, the um, crate where he resides. So that certainly can. So that may mean we need to really look at um, his overall um, what he's telling us, if he doesn't signal well when he needs to go to the bathroom, that's one thing that we can start to try to work on. Because hopefully this, you know, once your visitor leaves, hopefully the and problem will go away. But if it doesn't, then it actually can just kind of trigger this type of problem. So okay. when we have a stressor, it creates anxiety. Dogs don't know what to do, so they fall out of their habits. And we're more likely to see a problem with house training.
0: He will normally let us know um, if he's got to go. He He has a way of kind of... Gently nudging our hand or kind of grabbing our hand with his teeth, but not really biting. You know, it's just kind of like, okay, it's time to go. But He he really hasn't given us those signals like he normally does. He just, Mm -hmm. you know. And and this is where when
6: when we have a change in the household, there's different things going on. So there's a different pattern of our behavior what we may right. notice, what we may recognize. So a lot of this is also addressing our, our own behavior. So if you have a house right. guest and you're having something like this, um, then it does mean addressing some of those basic house house training skills and going back to square one. So, you know, making sure we are setting up a special time where he can go outside without soliciting it and asking for it. And, okay. um, you know, making sure that he is feeling included so that, you know, we're not... If, if we're all we're doing is visiting with our visitor and we're not paying attention to him, we don't want to say that he's feeling bad or feeling like he's left out because then we put human emotions on it, but we may be more apt right. to see some stress or anxiety behaviors. So, okay. um, so, so that's definitely. And since you are in an ap- apartment, uh, if this was a home and he was doing that and he still say had a doggy door access, I would still say take him on that leash and take him outside and, positive rewards, you know, when he does the potty um, outside and really make it a big deal and that he's doing the right thing in the right location. And this is what makes me happy. And stress okay. that and not so much when he has his failure um, because we don't really want to dwell on that because that actually can amplify a dog that's having some anxiety over a situation. And, uh, okay. So that certainly would be the the better approach with that. And, uh okay. And then make sure you are, you know, the areas that he is doing this, make sure that we are using a good enzyme-based cleaner to take that scent out because that is a very important part of things. Because there are some dogs okay. that when they have anxiety and they feel unsure about things, they will actually definitely. In the close environment, because that is where they feel safe. That's their home zone. Nope. So, if for any reason, gotcha. he's feeling less than safe right now. Um, you know, we want to make sure that we're also working on his confidence and his um, uh, basically his. Uh, self-esteem if you will so um you know allowing him to do things that give him satisfaction and that he can succeed at so you know if he likes to retrieve throw the ball um have him give it back to you um some dogs just basic obedience is a reasserting on a daily basis i'm going to request you to do this and you do this and you get a reward or you get love and that's just one of those things that just helps to give them confidence that they're they're learning a skill um they're challenging their mind and it and really can make them feel more complete
0: awesome all right i appreciate the uh, advice guys hey thanks
6: okay. for listening
3: we appreciate your call toll free at 1-866-405-8405 good luck with the uh, mother-in-law i know when my mother-in-law's in town <laughs> i just i get nervous and the dog picks up on that but i try to hide it but the dog is just so smart And uh, so hopefully that's not your situation. It sounds like you get along with your mother-in-law, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
3: (laughs) Okay. He says with confidence. There you go. Let's head back to the phones. Thanks for calling. Well, this portion of Animal Radio was underwritten by Embrace Pet Insurance, providing nose-to-tail, accident, and illness coverage for your dog or cat. It can be customized to fit your budget and needs. Simply take your dog or cat to any vet, submit a claim form, and get reimbursed quickly. You can learn more at embracepetinsurance.com to get a quote. And thanks, Embrace, for underwriting animal radio. And let's go ahead and take another one for Dr. Debbie. We have Diane. Hi, Diane. How are you?
13: I'm fine. How are you today?
3: Good. Where are you calling from?
13: Orlando, Florida. Orlando.
3: Okay. How can we help you?
13: Um, I found a kitten, a female kitten, and we brought her in the house because it was winter time. Well, winter for Florida. And she stayed here for a while. Actually, she's living here now. It was named her Spare Kitty, but Spare Kitty has swollen glands that feel like the, that look like the mumps, and oh, I don't okay. know what to do about it.
6: Okay, so she's about how old right now then?
13: Well, she's had her first teeth, so I figured she might be about six or seven months old.
6: Okay, and is she feeling sickly in any way? No, she's she's very healthy. She's active. She bounces around and okay, good, like good, kitten. <laughs> Okay. Well, when we have swollen lymph nodes, especially in the neck area, um, a couple of things mm-hmm. do come to mind. Um, one of the first things I think of in kittens of about the ages between three and seven months of age is they can get a kind of strep infection and it's called juvenile streptococcal lymphadenitis. And If that's not a mouthful, then <laughs> wow. then I yeah. don't know. But, but basically, it starts as a strep infection that they get in the tonsils, and it works its way to the lymph nodes in the neck. Um, so that certainly could be a possibility there, among other things. So other things in kittens that will cause their lymph nodes to be enlarged can be some viral diseases like feline leukemia. Um, we can also see bacterial infections uh, like Bartonella, which are associated with cat scratch fever. Um, so any of these things I think are going to really justify a trip to your veterinarian so we can get her checked out. And that might be something that's first starting with getting her viral tested, um, as well as, you know, getting a sample from the lymph node, because that can tell us a lot there. Um, but, uh, for a lot of those things, if we're not dealing with the viral thing, you know, we're talking about getting her on some antibiotics and getting her, you know, treated appropriately so that, that I'd feel pretty favorable about that. And then we need to get this gal spayed, my goodness. Oh, I know.
13: I thought she was an older cat when i first brought her in but um i went to give her to some friends because they wanted to see her for the weekend and when i did that she went into heat and i says oh this is a kitten this is not a
6: cat mm. <laughs> um, great that you took her in but yeah let's get her into the vet and we can get all that taken care of pretty pretty easily if it is what i think it is
13: yes okay good
2: you're listening to animal radio phones are open at one 405 8405
14: now an animal radio news brief. Well, we all know that birds sing, but did you know that mice do as well? And they do it to protect themselves. So they must sing really bad or it's the same tune over and over and over again. But anyone with pet rats or mice know that they make all kinds of weird vocalizations. And of course, most species on the planet do. But when it comes to defending their territories, birds tend to scream and not sing. So it turns out that at least some mice do sing. Songs consist of a set of rapidly repeated notes called trills, and notes are produced each time an animal open and closes its tiny mouth. That's about 15 times per second. The songs vary, so mice who live in the jungle of the Amazon may sound one way. Mice in Detroit, they've also been studied. They sound another way. And I'm not really sure how mice in L.A. might sound. <laughs> but next time you hear a mouse sing, you're going to know why. This has been an Animal Radio News Brief. Get more at AnimalRadio.pet.
4: Do you travel with your dog?
1: Of course. My pets are part of our family. Me too. I
4: take Daisy with me everywhere.
1: Right, Daisy?
4: So how do you find out what hotels welcome your dog?
1: I read Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Sounds perfect for planning our next vacation. Right, Daisy? It is. Their motto is, leave no dog behind. And they have great hotel and destination reviews. Where can I find the magazine? Go online to FidoFriendly.com. I will for sure. Come on, Daisy. We're off to find our next adventure.
2: You're listening to Animal Radio. Phones are open at one 405 8405
3: It's Animal Radio. We love our pets here at Animal Radio. They eat better than us. We worship them. They're all our uh, screensavers. They the have
7: com- better supplements than us. They, they go to the doctors really do. more than us. Uh-huh.
4: <laughs> and I think my dog has more clothes than I do. I think you're right on that.
3: <laughs> Certainly not as many shoes as Joey Volani has <laughs> in his uh, two shoe closets. Uh, so we're a little crazy about our animals and if you are too well then this is your show and we'd love to hear from you one 405 8405 and here's a little handy tip if you can't get through on the phones right now you're busy right now you can download the animal radio app and ask your questions right from the uh, animal radio app just like that it is for android iphone and blackberry and it's free so go download it now And another beautiful thing about the app is if there's ever a recall, a food recall, and you know in the food business there's a lot of recalls. You'll find out first with the Animal Radio app. We send notifications to you as soon as we find out about a recall, and they're free. So download that app right now. Actually, you know what? That sounded a little rough. You don't have to go download it now. You can download it later. I didn't mean to be that aggressive. Yeah, it wasn't a command. Yeah, it's certainly not a command. please. Just a suggestion. (laughs) What are you working on, Lori?
7: Well... There was um, a very civilized country, not like some off-the-wall place, that recently took a family's pet and sold it online. I heard about this.
3: Jeez.
7: Yes, they thought they were right. They maintained their right. It was—it's mind-boggling. Yeah. yeah. Okay, stick around for
3: that story. It's about uh, ten minutes away. Hey, Cindy, how you doing, Cindy?
5: I'm doing great. How are you?
3: Good. Where are you calling from? The
5: water, Oklahoma.
3: Not <laughs> You got one of those new Sports Illustrated phones, didn't you, for a subscription, didn't you? No. Where Where are you calling from again? Stillwater, Oklahoma. Stillwater, Oklahoma. I drove through there once. Do you live there?
5: Uh, well, I live outside of town here, yes.
3: Okay. Uh, What's going on with your animal? I have the doc here and the trainer. We're all here for you.
5: Awesome. Well, I've got a, he's about a four or five-year-old pit bull that I've, I, that's what I do is I rescue animals, and. I've had lots of them stayed and neutered, but this is the first one that I've ever had neutered
6: that um, he's swollen up larger now than he was before I had him neutered. Wow. Oh, okay. Just right in the scrotal area? Yes.
5: Uh-huh. Uh,
6: okay. And how long ago did he have surgery? Uh, Monday. Okay. Is it getting bigger, or did it get to, like, a big size? And Like, how, how big are we talking? I mean, we're talking kiwi fruit, uh oranges. Um, um softballs like kiwi fruit
5: yeah, yeah. kiwi fruit like kiwi yeah okay and and... I called the vet and she told me you know that it, it happens sometimes and to put some GMSO furacin on it mm-hmm. but, but I've done that and done it and it's still not going down and he licks it off as just about as soon as I put it on there so
6: okay yeah, and, you know, the, the first thing is he can't be licking because um, we need to make sure this boy is in one of those lovely Elizabethan collars um, because okay. with a scrotal hematoma. So basically when this happens in male dogs, um, testicles are removed, um, but either um, because of a bleeding tendency, small blood vessels that kind of choose to keep on bleeding after surgery, um, or even some drugs can um, that are used um, for pain relief can sometimes alter the ability to clot. And when that happens, we can get this very large buildup of blood um, in the scrotum. And um, sometimes that can be painful. So for some of these doggies, they do need pain medications. Um, we may uh, decide to put them on antibiotics if the incision decides to open up at all. Um, but it, it does really require some supervision by the vet. So I'd make sure they put their eyeballs on this. Um okay. And it's not terribly common. Uh, so when I do see this happen, sometimes, you know, the first instinct is to say, oh, my God, the, the vet botched the surgery. Holy cow. And, you know, before I rush rush to judgment, there are these other factors. Um, and sometimes pit bulls, believe it or not, can be a dog where I do see a tendency for some types of problems. Um, they can have a tendency for some types of infection Infections, some uh, parasitic infections actually that can alter their blood um, coagulation, their clotting. So, in some areas of the country, if you have ticks, it might be worthwhile um, having them check for some tick borne diseases. Uh, Most of those can be treated um, with antibiotics if that's the case. So, um, that's where I just kind of want to get an eyeball on them. And uh, in other cases, it's just like I said, pain management and a tincture of time. Um, the swellings, as long as they're not getting bigger, it can take two weeks, three weeks for really for this to, to go down. Um, okay. It looks horrible. Um, you know, yeah. how, how's he feeling overall with that?
5: He acts okay. He seems as if you know everything else is okay. Um, he, he, other than you know just the way he looks, uh, mm-hmm. he, he acts fine. Yeah. Okay. Well... He had some bleeding afterwards, and I did have to take him back up there, and they did wrap him up for the night. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's part of it, like you said, yeah.
6: Yeah. And I've found through the years that, you know, every pet's different, but, um, sometimes I'll encounter, um, a non steroidal pain reliever that we use for pain relief. And in some patients, it may cause them to bleed more. Just like my father, who's on aspirin and blood thinners, and, um, you know, he gets poked with something and, you know, we've got a, a bleeding mess. And it's, it's kind of like the ER when we go out in public. We're always throwing band aids and styptic powders on them just to try to stop the bleeding. Um, uh-huh. so.
5: Anything that I can do for right now just to kind of relieve him until I can get him back to the vet? Anything I can put on him or
6: give him? The biggest thing is keeping him away from that. So um, if you can get an Elizabethan collar without going to the vet, you can check your pet stores, feed stores. That might be one thing. Um, But as far as pain relief, you you really got to get to the vet because I would be hesitant to tell you any over-the-counter pain relievers if he's already having a bleeding issue. Um, So I I would see your vet for the pain relievers. That's going to be the best way. Some doggies, you know, if he's really anxious or uncomfortable, um, they can get freaked out by this. So sometimes I'll use tranquilizers too. So, But that too, again, you're going to need to talk to your vet and see them for that.
5: Okay, I will. Saying, thank you so very much for all your help.
6: Hey, thanks for listening,
3: Cindy. Let us know how that goes. one 405 8405 Toll free to our Dream Team.
1: That's my dog, Annie. She's healthy now, but recently she broke her leg and I had to rush her to the vet. Thankfully, she's protected by Embrace Pet Insurance. They covered her surgery and reimbursed the claim quickly. Embrace offers one simple plan for unexpected accidents and illnesses that you can personalize to fit your budget. To learn more, visit EmbracePetInsurance.com to get a free quote. Policies underwritten by a licensed insurer of American Modern Insurance Group. Coverage subject to policy terms and conditions. Visit EmbracePetInsurance.com for coverage details.
15: Hi, this is Eric Dane on Animal Radio, reminding you to spay and neuter your pets.
2: Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to AnimalRadio.pet.
1: This is an Animal Radio News Update.
7: I'm Lori Brooks. Well, a lot of celebrities have gone into the cannabis business. You know, Whoopi Goldberg, Snoop Dogg, Melissa etheridge the list goes on. Now we hear... That Martha Stewart is, too. She's teamed up with a Canadian company to create and promote a new line of hemp-based CBD products. And this company says that Martha is going to have an advisory role as well as assist with the development and brand positioning, because Martha does it all, of a new line of CBD products for humans and for animals. Dr. Debbie, sit down. Uh, 77-year-old Martha. Martha is 77 now. Oh, Can you believe that? Wow. I, I had no clue. I thought maybe she, 60? She, she is so great. cool.
3: Yeah, she is so cool.
7: When I saw her team up with Snoop Dogg, I'm like, okay, you got me back. She, she is pretty hip. <laughs> she is, uh, she says, delighted to establish this partnership and share with him the knowledge that she has gained after years of experience. I love this. Years of experience in the subject of living. That's Martha. And she adds that she is especially looking forward to their first collaboration, which they will offer sensible products for pets.
6: Mm. Does one take mm. it that she's an, uh, she's an expert in CBD then? Is that what um, she's saying? She's an expert <laughs> in growing everything. Things? Yeah, growing yeah, things. exactly.
7: I heard that she went up there and toured the uh, Canadian nursery or... Smokery—I don't know what you call it where you grow it—and um, she taught them about how to properly smell uh, a plant. I—I I don't know how you do that. I'm a gardener, but I thought it was pretty funny. Very Martha. You gotta love her. Um, There's a, a town in Germany. The town is called Ahlen. It's spelled A-H-L-E-N. They have been uh, in the news. They are defending their decision to seize an indebted family's pet pug and sell it on eBay because they say it was their last resort. They basically claim they didn't have a choice because they say they were unable to find anything else from the family who had all these back taxes to pay. They said there was nothing else that they had left that had any value, so they took their dog. The town's treasurer said that the seizure of the dog was legal and only happened after other non essential household goods had been taken. So. That's just pretty that's sad. crappy. I'm sorry.
6: That's just rotten. That is Who would wrong. Who take a family member, whether they be four legged or two legged, and hold them as ransom and try to sell them? It wasn't off. even
3: that's ransom. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't it, ransom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
6: dog is gone. I mean, that, that's why you know here,
4: even in America, we treat them like furniture. They're property. They are property, and we got to change that so this can't happen anymore. Well, this is a
6: step worse than that. This is saying that your your dog is a a piece of item that we're going to cash in. And I think that's, you know, there's other types of debt collection and bankruptcy. There's no reason to take someone's beloved pet. Uh-huh. I want to
3: point out that they didn't pay their debts. That's why they had the dog taken. They didn't pay taxes, including a right. dog tax. So right. something we don't have here in the United States, a dog tax.
4: Well, we have tags and license. That's kind of a dog tax. Sure, I guess you're game. right in that
7: yeah. respect. Mm-hmm. And the was dog- a cute dog. Her name was Etta. She's a little black pug. And and the city took it because, like you said, how they didn't have um, enough money to pay their back taxes or their dog tax, but they sold the dog eBay, right? Yeah. They got $854. It it was actually sold in euros, of course, because it was Germany, uh, 750 euros. Wow. I was shocked. That's horrible. And that they can defend
3: that decision.
4: Yeah. How can they sleep at night?
7: You know, I try not to be bitter and, and negative and everything, but... I just think karma, you know, how do you get around that one? That's just awful. Hey, when it's time for cats to go to the vet, a lot of uh, we cat owners struggle with that. It's not easy, and it can be almost impossible to get a cat in a carrier, and that's an already bad start for a car ride and vet visit that hasn't even begun yet. So there's some new research out I wanted to share with you that says training your cat, you're not supposed to laugh, But training your cat to use a cat carrier can reduce a cat's stress at the vet's office. Each cat in this study had 28 training sessions, each lasting about eight minutes and involved the cats getting four treats per minute. So this is heavy on the positive reinforcement. In the study, 11 cats were trained to use the cat carrier, and then a control group of 11 cats were not trained. And then all 22 cats had this mock visit to the vet. The results showed training proved to be effective in reducing stress during the car ride and also led to shorter veterinary exams, during which the trained cats appeared to be more relaxed. I did think there was... One other interesting note in the study here, and I'm sure Dr. Debbie knows this to be true. They found rectal temperature taking of the cats was the part of the vet exam the cats appeared to dislike the most. Really? Really? That, yeah, was the only reason why some cats in the study had to have their vet exam stopped early. Well, yeah. Probably that's not a surprise, but, huh?
6: Yeah. yeah, and you know, I, I love this, and I think it's a great idea. I love when my clients teach their cats to accept things, but I think this needs to go even further, and you need to train your cat to go into a carrier. At other times, other than when you go just to the vet, because they will associate that carrier with going to the vet. So it doesn't matter if you're training them. If then it's followed by something scary, then they're not necessarily getting the best training out of it. So you treat them, put them in the carrier and then don't go anywhere or yeah. go to the Burger King and pick up something and go home and, you know, never have them removed out of the carrier. So that that goes the next level.
3: You know what we did is we took our carrier we just put it out like it was a piece of furniture. So it's, mm-hmm. it was, it's always out and they can get into it anytime they right. want. And, you know, they
7: think it's... Doors always open. Yes. There's catnip inside. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Um, you know, in this study, they said they use... And I actually went online and looked for them, uh, this type of cat carrier. And I couldn't find one, but maybe you've seen them, Dr. Debbie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a two-part cat carrier and you can, it can go in through the door or through the top, like a hole in the sure. top. Mm-hmm. And it said that during the exam, that the cats all went down under to the bottom part. So, is there like a two-part cat carrier like that?
6: Well, there's the different access panels. No, there is a type of cat carrier that I I think is amazing, and I've only seen one client have it. It's the kind that collapses all the way down to a flat unit. Wow. And that is you talk about getting a cat out of a cage. You know we all struggle with that in the veterinary world. It's like uh-huh. it's like the big joke. It's like okay, we got the cat in the carrier. Now how do we get it out of it? Um, but this one particular carrier, it actually um, it, it all sides kind of fold down, open flat on the table, and you can examine the cat in their carrier on that surface. And it's it's definitely less scary. So.
3: I wouldn't want your job Dr. Debbie, I'll tell you.
6: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> These the strange cats that uh you have to dig in and prod and poke and and all of it. I mean they you got to get bit, don't you?
6: You know, cat bites um, happen definitely more commonly than dog bites in the veterinary practice. Um, it, it's just things. Cats are funny. They you know things set them off a little bit differently. Where you know if you're working with dogs, you might think, oh, this is good. You know, I, I can read this. But you know, there could be one little thing. And I'll tell you, the worst thing in the veterinary world that will set a cat off is if someone is connecting or disconnecting the, our oxygen lines to the anesthetic machines. Oh, no. And if there's a cat in the room and it's being examined, the courtesy is to say, hey, I have this. I'm going to connect. Um, and, you know, if you have a cat on the table, you don't do that. You wait because they don't like it. It sounds like a big pssst, and it just kind of sends them crazy. No. So we try to be more thoughtful about cat handling so we can uh, kind of avoid those bad situations.
7: Mm-hmm. Cat wrangling, yeah. <laughs> so, Dr. Debbie, you need to invent a new way to take a cat temperature. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Well, they have it. There's an ear thermometer, but, um, you know, sometimes it's safer to be at the non-biting end than sticking something in near the biting end. Right.
7: (laughs) (laughs) At least in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I'm going to end this with some, I'm determined to do this. Happy news. Good. Ready? Yes. Um, A pet cat. ...who had to flee its home. No other choice because he was trying to escape the wildfires in Northern California last year... ...up in the town of Paradise. This cat, who the family has no clue how it got out of the house. They had four cats. The cat, Dexter, has finally been reunited with his family, which now lives in Missouri. They had not (coughs) seen Dexter since November when they left Paradise. They, They fled the area themselves shortly after their house burned to the ground had their other three cats with them, and they had to leave Dexter. They had nowhere to stay, no home. They had no idea where Dexter was. They had tried searching, couldn't find him. Well, Dexter, luckily, was taken in by the Field Haven Feline Rescue Center, which said because Dexter was microchipped. (laughs) That's why he is now back in the loving arms of his family. And by the way, Um, Oh, I have goosebumps from this. The rescue says its work is going to likely continue in that burned-out area of the Paradise Big Campfire area up there in Northern California. They say they're going to be there for another year, maybe two years, searching because there are about a thousand other cats who are still lost out there.
3: Mm, I hope there's some more happy reunions.
7: I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an
1: Animal Radio news update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
2: You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Here is today's top automotive news story. I'm Nick Miles. The new Alfa Romeo Tonali concept vehicle was shown for the first time ever at the Geneva Motor Show. Alfa Romeo say the Tonali concept is where electrification meets beauty and dynamicism. They promised a stable full of electrified vehicles, but this will be the first Alfa Romeo plug-in hybrid premium compact SUV for the brand. The Tonali has the distinctive features of Italian style, striking the perfect blend of valued heritage and anticipation of a new evolution from Alfa Romeo. To see more, go to ourautoexpert.com. Our auto expert is brought to you by
11: O'Reilly Auto Parts. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices, every day.
2: Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Phones are open at 1-866-405-8405. Here's Hal and Judy. Hey Rick, welcome to the show.
15: How you doing?
6: I'm doing great. What kind of critter do you have?
15: Uh, she's a black lab. She's almost should be five in July. And... Awesome.
6: All right, I'm a black lab lover myself.
15: <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, we've got a little problem with her old being overweight. She's about ninety pounds.
6: Okay. Yeah.
15: Yeah, but she rides. She's been riding with me in the truck over the road since she was six weeks old and i try to exercise her every day throwing the tennis ball like five or six times a day we do that i mean she runs and runs and runs and she just keeps on putting
6: the weight on all righty well i mean so at the other times of the day then she's riding with you and just kind of sedentary kind of chilling right okay So the big thing I would have to say is being a Labrador. um, uh, Now, I always talk body condition. So numbers to me don't always ring as true. Um, But if she's a 90-pound and you can say, as her father, you could say, yeah, she's heavy, (laughs) then then I trust that. Um, Because the body condition is by far more meaningful than any number on the scale. So if you put your hands on her chest and you feel like some... Uh, fatty resistance before you can actually feel ribs, you know, then, we, then we're then we talking that, yeah, we're carrying extra weight there. And if we don't have a nice little uh, inward turning hip when you look at the top view of your dog or the side view, um, then, yeah, then we're probably in the overweight category there. So yeah. the big challenges for you would be, um, you know, limiting uh, your calories, and then increasing your exercise. So I like the idea that you have tried, uh, doing, uh, retrieving and playing ball because that is a great way to help expend energy. Um, so we want to remember that for the same kind of formulas for us about 30 minutes to 60 minutes of continual exercise. So ball playing may not be able to <laughs> fill up that whole time, but leash walking, um, and other types of physical activity, swimming would be wonderful. Love Those kind of things. Well. Yeah, and you know what? That's such it, it exhausts them. It really burns up the calories very wonderfully, um, okay. but calorie-wise, we really got to watch what you're putting in the, in the, the doggy's dog's gullet. Um, so if if we need to get on a serious weight loss program, then I like to go into some of the therapeutic uh, weight
15: loss diets. Now, I had her spade it seemed like she put on a lot of weight on right after that. Uh huh. Is that common?
6: Well, what we have to remember is basically when we're spaying a dog, we're changing their metabolism. So it can lead to weight gain if we don't change our feeding habits. Uh, so I definitely recommend uh, pretty much the day a pet is leaving my office getting spayed, we have that talk about metabolism. And any lady that's gone through menopause um, or ended up with a hysterectomy will attest that it is hard to keep the weight off afterwards. And we can run into that with our dog. So don't continue to feed her like you did when she was uh you know, a young juvenile, we really just have to limit the calories and, and make sure that we keep her activity level up and, uh, you know, keep that in mind. So it's not a reason not to spay, just to know that it can happen and we just need to kind of get ahead of things before, uh, you know, they pack that weight on. And, you know, one other thing you might try, you know, even, even things to keep her occupied and busy and keep her mentally stimulated in the cab of the truck would be um, some of the different interactive toys. And, and you might throw some of her food in, into those uh, uh, different little toys if she's into the Kong toys there's busy buddy um is another brand and and you can hide um the food items in there and she kind of has to work to get them to fall out of the different uh toys and it kind of keeps them occupied mentally stimulated and and really we make it so easy putting that food in front of our pets that this is a great way to to make her kind of work for it if you will
15: okay Uh, another question i have she expects a treat every time that she goes to the bathroom that's my fault because i've
10: Every time. every time, whoa! Every time she goes to the
3: bathroom, uh, <laughs> yeah.
15: you said every so, time she goes and, to the
3: bathroom, and, right?
12: Uh,
15: every time oh. that I get out of the truck and I come back oh, in, and, okay. You know, I give her a, a biscuit, Now, I used to give her the medium-sized biscuits. I cut her down to the puppy ones.
6: Oh, okay, is
15: all right, there Rick. A no, in the, in the puppy biscuits, and there is there something in the puppy biscuits that she shouldn't be getting.
6: Okay. Well, here we go to the nitty-gritty. Now the truth comes out, Rick. Now I know what the problem is. Definitely. She's being overtreated. Definitely. So uh, I guess that's the first and foremost thing. You're doing exactly what my mother did. Every time the doggy went outside, even if it wasn't, he didn't do anything. He would fake it to get a cookie. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we called them cookie runs in our house because my dog was so smart. He'd run out, come back in, get a cookie. And I'm like, "Mommy didn't do anything. And she'd be like, he tried. <laughs> so, so, yeah, definitely. I would say we want to go to a high-fiber uh, biscuit. So puppy, if you're talking small, that's great. Um, but if you're talking made for puppies, yeah, those are probably higher calories, and we don't need to go there. We can try substituting other things. So you can try uh, those little fresh baby carrots. That's a great little treat. Um you know you can look at her daily food amount the what you're feeding her and take one kibble out and remember that you can't add more in for the day measure out her feeding amount and if you're giving her a piece of goodie every time she goes outside she may not have anything to, left over to eat at the end of the day so you may want to rethink uh, your reward system for like, uh, how,
3: how about it. just like a good girl good girl
6: <laughs> or something <Exactly>. like that <laughs> she'll
15: look at me and look at the treat box and look at
6: me and look at the treat box. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, this this is where, Rick, it takes tough love. And I can tell you, I got those big brown eyes from my Labradors, too. I treat them maybe one out of 100 times when they do something on a command. And that's all it takes. Well, you uh, nip this in
3: the go. bud. You got some great tips there, some great ideas. Unfortunately, we are out of time, Rick. But thanks for your okay. call. Well, it's time for us to Bounce. That's what all the kids are saying these days. Bounce? Bounce.
4: <laughs> I never heard that. Out.
3: I'm going to go bounce with my dog around the block right now.
4: Every day I learn how unhip oh. I am. I think he's making this stuff up,
7: I think it's for real.
3: Uh, Listen, if you need a fix during the week, and if you do, perhaps you should also schedule an appointment with a therapist of some sort. But if you need your fix (laughs) during the week, head on over to AnimalRadio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and Blackberry. And we'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here.
1: Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
7: We're bouncing.
12: This is Animal Animal
1: Radio
7: Network. Network.